Hello folks, my name is Douglas Muir and I am the CEO and founder of the Family Business Fund. Welcome to the podcast, Traditional Investing is Dead. We try to do this once a week to educate the consumer, high net worth individuals about alternative investing. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive um, a massive way of investing. It's a, a safe way of, of investing, and it's 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 not really known uh, around the investment community. I mean, I was on Wall Street, and, and I didn't even know about it until about uh, I think it was 2018, and then I just uh, just really got into it. I'm uh, I'm really proud to have my partner, uh, investor of the Family Business Fund, uh, Rob Mazri Esquire. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great, my friend. Thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. So uh, Rob and I are now uh, building our company to, uh, to, to be a fairly good size. And, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about the economy and what's going on. So um, today is the week of July 4th, 2022. And uh, the conference board forecast of U.S. economic growth uh, was was showing that in uh, 2022 that they are going to have a uh, a downgrade and it and it looks like it's due to the persistence of inflation and the the, the rising of the Federal Reserve rate. As you know, in June they raised it 0.75 basis points. Uh, people are saying that in July it's going to be another 0.75. So so my question to you, Rob, is what happens? Uh, when the Fed raises rates to investors, the economy, to businesses? Well, generally, right, interest rates represent the cost of borrowing. So when the Fed raises the target rate, money becomes more expensive to borrow. When money is expensive to borrow, you assume then people will eventually start spending less. And so if people start spending less, it's a whole supply and demand, you know, the basic theories uh, of economy, the demand for goods and services will eventually drop and that causes inflation to ultimately drop. And so it's one cycle. Uh, no one really predicts how long uh, the cycle is. It depends on how long it takes for cash to cycle through the economy uh, for people to start feeling like, oh, I'm not as rich as I used to be or things are a yeah. lot more expensive. But um, you know it's 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 going to cost the banks like so so think of it in a in a typical scenario where someone's buying a home, they typically take a mortgage for their home. Mortgage rates are what the banks set. The banks have to borrow the money from the Fed. If they're paying a higher interest rate to the Fed, they now are charging a higher interest rate to the consumer, right? So that's how how it all uh, goes in one big cycle. And as you can tell, folks, uh, Rob is uh, a law professor at the University of Virginia. He explains things so well, so much better than I, and, and that's why I gave it to him. You know, Rob, the um, the GDP for Q1 uh, was just reevaluated, and it came in at a negative uh, 1.5. That's a that's a gross domestic uh, product. And, and and what the gross domestic domestic product is is it's just a, it's a measurement of the private consumer consumption, that's that's all of us, of government spending and of business capital spending with all net exports, okay? They take that, they put it in a big box and they use it to see <clears throat> how we're doing against, let's say Europe or any other economy. And we're down, that means we have a pullback 
a negative uh, 1.5, as Rob was just talking about. Add inflation to that, which is 8.6. And in the CPI, Consumer Price Index, when it's 8.6, it's just a measurement. It's another box uh, of consumer purchases. 94,000 different types of data points of purchases are used to figure out the CPI, and that's at 8.6. And folks, I don't know about you, but Rob and I are not getting raises uh, 8.6 per year. And, and I really feel when I go to the pump, it costs me $100, Rob, 100 Now, I know you walk everywhere, that's why you're so skinny, but I do not. And it's $100 to, to, to fill up the tank. I, I, was at a, I was at a party yesterday, and happy 4th of July, everybody. I was at a party yesterday, and an airline pilot said that his 401k went down a half a million dollars in the past six weeks. Folks, how do you gain that back? If your financial advisor is saying to you, hold on, hold on for what? I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Rob, what are you doing to protect your, to protect your nest egg? And also, to, uh, tell the folks just a little bit about why it took you two years, A, to join the firm full time, because Rob was, was, our, uh, was our counsel, but we were using him on a, uh, a part-time basis, which worked out real well. Um, but but tell us about you know what you're doing now in the in the market to protect uh, to protect your nest egg. Well, I mean, obviously, I have to uh, as a lawyer, you have to always start with the with the uh, disclosure that I'm not a, a financial advisor. <laughs> so so take everything I say with a grain of salt when it comes to that. But on on a personal level, obviously, you you continue to try diversification, right? So a lot of people because in 2018 2019. Uh, 27. The, the markets were were just skyrocketing, and then after the initial tranche of COVID, there was another big skyrocket, and so a lot of people left the diversification uh, element behind and put all of their eggs into the market. Right? I, I know some people, some colleagues of mine, decided they were actually going to put all of their eggs into cryptocurrency. Oh, right. And so people were just looking for what the next big thing is, what the next big thing was. They're trying to predict the future, trying to take advantage of trends, and uh, a lot of people have gotten burned. People have gotten burned in crypto. People have gotten burned in uh, the equity markets, traditional markets. In the past, people have gotten burned in real estate when they tried to go all in uh, on real estate. And so I think the 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 for everybody's sake, the key is to separate into buckets yes. various portions of your portfolio. Yes. Whatever you feel comfortable with, 5%, 10%, 15%. Maybe for some people, actually, I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe for some people, bonds are a very simple uh, payment. Maybe it's savings accounts. Of course, you're going to be losing money because of inflation um, uh, and whatnot, but uh, you maybe are not going to be losing <clears throat> by because the, the value of your equity, which you purchased at, let's say, 100, is now down to 60 and so you're losing a little bit less, uh, perhaps, but you, you get my point that the, the key is to uh, diversify as much as possible. And when I was first introduced to alternative investments, it really was through you. Uh, like you, I, I consider myself a relatively sophisticated, savvy individual, but never really paid much attention to alternative investments simply because I just didn't, wasn't educated about it, never had information about it, was never told by my financial advisor about it. And now that I've become aware of it, I've I've sought out REITs and 
and other sorts of, of, of dividend and income producing alternative investment opportunities, just again, to engage in diversification. So if, if I could offer one bit of advice for anyone who's out there listening, uh, watching, it is constantly diversify. Don't put all your eggs into one basket, but be willing to take chances, right? Don't diversification doesn't just mean I'm going to be in technology stocks and I'm going to be in energy stocks and I'm going to be, that's one way of diversifying, which is within the public markets, but just take your entire public equity and say, okay, I'm in public markets here. I'm going to take 10% of my portfolio and put it there and 10% of my portfolio and put it there and really try to separate into separate buckets so you can uh, de-risk uh, your, your, your portfolio. No, folks, that, that's great information. And once again, and I'm not a financial advisor either. Uh, I mean, Rob's an attorney and also an investor. Uh, it does a lot of work in the startup community. That's how we met in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, I was just on Wall Street and uh, had access to the New York Stock Exchange and learned a lot from, from one of our investors that's uh, actually the governor of the New York Stock Exchange. And <clears throat> one thing uh, that I've done with my portfolio is I'm 60% heavy in alternative investments. And why is that? Because I only invest in the fixed rate high yields. So I'm getting it, it's coming in, it's coming in, it's coming in. I'm hitting singles and doubles all day long. I'm not doing the home runs. Although I got to tell Rob, that I did do a, uh, a limit stop order on uh, crypto and when it hit 18,000, I, I bought it and now it's at 19.7, so I look like a genius, but uh, I, I just bought one. I, I, didn't, I didn't go crazy on that. So I'm 60% in alternative investments and please write me, I'll tell you what I'm in. Uh, this is my portfolio. I'm 20% stocks now. I'll be on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I learned how to trade and uh, I do something called covered calls. Once again, singles and doubles singles and doubles, I do covered calls. 20% of my stock is in that. And then I'm 20% in cash and then startups. So Rob and I invest in startup companies. And, and so my portfolio is doing well uh, during, during this whole time. So it's really important to understand that because uh, right now there was an article that came out, Rob, and it talks about in January, Bank of America, Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs has um, handed $15 billion to two private equity firms in order for them in a promise to issue risky uh, debt, which is called private debt. So now these big companies are getting into private debt. And that's what Rob and I are in. We lend out to small, we, we uh, advance uh, to small companies uh, between five and $50,000 through, a, through a, a, a broker network. And so now, uh, what Goldman Sachs is doing is they're giving it to massive private equity companies and saying, listen, here's $15 billion. These guys are getting 9% on their money, right? Banks aren't doing that. That's the way banks get 9% on their money. It's by reinvesting. And then those big private equity firms will lend money to us and then we'll lend it out uh, to the public. And that's, that's the way it goes, but I'm telling you folks, it's a $1.4 trillion market, private debt. Look into it. My name is Douglas Muir. I'm the CEO and founder of the Family Business Fund. Keep those emails and phone calls coming in, and we'll see you on the other side.